0: new axis of evil USSR, CCP and Iran attacking Ukraine and NATO. Where are our leaders? What if NATO were to take Ukraine into membership immediately as a war pact? Then NATO, based on Article 5, must defend them, including American forces imposed against the Russia war crimes. Then NATO can demand a no-fly zone and cease fire or else, to make sure Putin leaves Ukraine or receive the wrath of NATO, UN and USA. This is the domino effect again, Russia's President Putin, is testing and appeasing President Biden, who is waiting another month to impose further sanctions, invades the Ukraine via separatist states Tuesday, February 22, 2022 and, and now, the entire country. Ukraine is the first domino to fall in Putin's plan to reinstate the USSR land grab, then expand his presence in the rest of Europe. Reminiscent of Hitler's takeover of Europe, the Balkans, Scandinavia, the Netherlands, and was only stopped by a Russian winter, Putin a la Hitler intentions and Biden's, a la Neville Chamberlain, appeasing sanctions, refusing to impose the swift banking rights and America's 16 million barrels of oil per month to freeze the Russian cash flow, have been delivered too late to stop Putin in his tracks. Biden is giving the situation one month because sanctions won't deter Putin. While President Biden, Neville Chamberlain, contemplates sanctions as the tanks and missile launchers take over Ukraine, a former USSR holding. Without any resistance by Biden, Putin, Adolf Hitler, has continued his reconstruction of the former Communist Party's property holdings. Along with Georgia, Crimea, Belarus, eastern Ukraine and now all of Ukraine he is testing the NATO waters for his next takeover moves for consolidating the Balkans into the new USSR, similar to Nazi Germany's move in 1938. Putin's intentions are, reminiscent of Hitler's ruse for fooling British Prime Minister Neville Chamberlain into signing the Munich Agreement, annexation of Sudetenland as a peace treaty with Adolf Hitler and Benito Mussolini, fascist leader of Italy. Unbeknownst to Chamberlain, Hitler planned a Nazi invasion of Czechoslovakia, shortly thereafter, on their way to taking over Europe and making an air attack on London, England. President Biden thought he had outfoxed Putin with shallow threats of further sanctions according to him would not deter an invasion of Ukraine. So, Putin ignored threats and activated a full invasion of Ukraine. Even with the backing of NATO members, with vocal support and Germany, killing the Nord Stream 2 pipeline deal with Putin, he is on his way to becoming the USSR superpower, with CCP China and Iran's backing to bring communism to the continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa. The combined population of those continents is 7 billion people of which 1.3 billion live in deprivation, hunger, fear, and poverty. The biggest reason for the advances of communism around the world, is the socialist promises of equal shares in the new prosperity. That never arrives, that the masses are still controlled by the wealth of the few leaders, called the Politburo. In other words, 1984 will arrive as USSR, CCP Iran form, as your Asia, as predicted by George Orwell's book of that name. About his homeland Russia and Germany. What role has Hunter Biden had in this Putin strategy? Wake up, America. It's not a conspiracy theory that the Bidens and American businesses and stock market have holdings and income from both Russia and China to protect. Why else would President Biden throw a softball at Putin when a hardball like I'm proposing would stop him in his tracks, the collective forces of a 1 million military from the 30 members of NATO against 130,000 deployed by Putin moves the playing field to saving Europe from the axis of evil now, otherwise we've opened the door to USSR reviving its objective of pushing democracy out of Europe and Asia. Our leadership has to be shored up or we will have World War III. Ironically, this situation is happening with the release of the Jerry Rhodes Trilogy, The American Enterprise Party, Volume 1, The Power of the Swing Vote, Volume 2, Drain the Swamp and Rain in the Woke Alligators, and Volume 3, Restore American Work Ethic and Patriotic Values, to Save America from the New Axis of Evil, the New USSR, CCP and Iran who are conspiring to take over Europe, Africa and Asia in trade and socialist values. In other words, Stalin and Mao and how many are back again with visions of a Marxist world. Also, he has a five volume wonders of the world poetry books that link all souls in the world to a common denominator, the mind and spirit connected metaphysically with our physical hearts and brains, a billion souls seeking peace and prosperity in a one world union against evil forces. Posted on www.jerryrhodesauthor.com and www.americanenterprisepoliticalparty.org. Good
1: morning. Uh, this is Jerry Rhodes uh, talking from uh, Chicago, Illinois. Watching these uh, uh, shows depicting uh, Russia's purge on um, the, the your Ukraine. Uh, I've I've got a script today that I have recorded, which uh, will come on next but i did want to make some comments before you get into that um, my view is this is totally reminiscent to uh, nazi germany and neville chamberlain i would depict that as biden as chamberlain and putin as uh, adolf hitler of course adolf hitler miss led Chamberlain into signing a peace treaty while he, in fact, was attacking Czechoslovakia. Right now, Putin, uh, because of the threatened sanctions, is ignoring Biden's weak attempt to stop, and and I depict him as Chamberlain, to stop Putin's takeover of... Ukraine. It's too little, too late, because they've had a month, if not more, if they'd have had any kind of uh, intelligence that Putin was serious in his move. And it's my feeling that he he engaged this to his uh, talk with uh, President Biden over the phone and. also reminiscing the Afghanistan uh, horrific uh, bailout that uh, the Biden administration uh, orchestrated. One begets the other. And what is Biden, or what is Putin's intentions here? Well, I think it's evident like Adolf Hitler's were, is he wants his USSR back. He he felt that it was stolen from him, like President Trump feels his presidency was stolen. Uh, He would not be doing this if um, the NATO organization had anticipated this and taken Ukraine in as as a member. Then it would have been The obligation of the 30 countries in NATO to protect um, uh, Ukraine from this move. And this is why uh, Putin is making the move, in my opinion, is to prevent NATO from getting uh, any closer to Moscow with their uh, NATO forces. From the perspective of uh, the Biden administration, uh, we, we're hearing nothing from the Secretary of State, nothing from the Secretary of Defense. I don't think they have uh, a strategy. I think it's all hopeful that that uh, NATO can scare scare Putin enough that he'll stop, which in my opinion isn't going to happen. He's already had his marching orders Developed since finding the weakness in the um, American current American administration. So, you know, I guess this is kind of a downer f- from from my viewpoint because some some of the obvious things that happened with Afghanistan are happening again here, and I I, I can't blame just the democratic party the republicans have been silent on what to do i mean we have allowed this new administration to come in and yes uh, voting has consequences but so does um, actions have consequences or inactions and uh, and right now we're in a in a predicament because Our current president, being his age and his in his cognitive condition, um, if he's replaced, he's replaced by someone that is less qualified. Even Vice President Harris has not been up to any of the assignments that she's gotten, and you know has demonstrated no leadership ability. So this all goes back to leadership. And accountability for uh, moving America back into the right direction, because we're being pulled by other factions, um, supported by what I call money ticks—the billions of dollars that were spent by uh, social media and conventional media, um, liberal leaning. Uh, celebrities, uh, where the money is to back Biden to get him into the presidency. I think he had indicated in his performance during the, the campaign and the uh, debates that he is not even close to what he used to be. And what he used to be was a deal maker, not an effective leader. And then with Obama. He now has inherited the Obama approach to foreign policy, even with Obama's um, his team, and that team seem, again seems to be appeasing and pleasing of the enemy, not hitting them where uh, it will stop them. And uh, you know, looking ahead, if if we don't stop. Putin with Ukraine, um, the Baltics used to be a part of the USSR. I don't think there's any question that that's his aspiration. He wants his land back. He wants his holdings back. He wants his his worldwide influence back. And yes, uh, America's GDP is 15 times what his is. But if you really look behind the scenes, that GDP in America is driven by um, supply lines that we don't control. Uh, one of those supply lines is, is Russia for energy. And if we continue to shut down our vote, uh, fossil fuel energy and, and natural gas leases and the things that made us independent shortly uh, before Biden took over, we're going to dis- destroy our, our chances when it comes to effectively not managing mother nature uh and climate that is going to be managed by improved environmental changes when it comes to uh, conserving our um, our farmlands and making use of um, getting rid of the impact of plastics and um, other um, environmental problems that we have and these none of these are issues. One of my main gripes is that everything's called an issue. My children do it, the politicians do it. everybody calls it an issue. Well ninety percent of the things that are called issues are problems. You know we have way more problems than we have issues. Uh, why is that? because we're we've been trained by the politicians that we have to compromise so we're compromising everything. We're compromising our values. We're compromising our decisions, calling them issues. Then you can table them or put them off to a task force like we did uh, with the pandemic of bureaucrats, who in my opinion, it was all about quack science. It was not about uh, uh, risk basis analysis and analytics of of how we should have managed what probably was an endemic not a pandemic it was a viral pneumonia that was and and most likely created by mapping out the coronavirus dna and sending that to uh, the uh, lab in china the uh, wuhan lab and why we would send that to china I don't know, well, I guess I know why we sent it because we couldn't get the approval to do it here. To then track if that uh, particular virus could go, it could be passed from from uh, an animal to a human being, gain a function, which was funded by our um, Institute of Public Health and, and Dr. Fauci. And he wants to wiggle out from under that because it was his responsibility um, to, as the head of the task force, to manage the pandemic. Well, he managed it with a curve that was never analytically defined. We didn't know who, what, when, where the risk was. Well, I'm in, in healthcare for 60 years. The risk was in our elderly and in those that had compromised uh, immune systems. And it's funny, it's amazing to me, Dr. Fauci, who is an immunologist, an expert in immunology, never once talked about uh, the analytics on Americans' uh, immune systems. Uh, it's quite clear, if you have exercised any common sense, that the pandemic was not going to kill everyone. If we treat it that way, it most certainly has a way better chance of killing everyone versus us managing it with those that are at high risk and then stating it was all about uh, uh, asymptomatic people passing it on to doorknobs and groceries and all kinds of things. So we had people panicked Fear, of course, then uh, allowed Dr. Fauci to shut down our non-essential businesses. Well, I wonder who defined government workers as it's essential and teachers not essential. I wonder if the unions had anything to do with that. Government workers got their pay, big boxes got their pay because they were essential. So clearly, the The non-essential, which were the small businesses, service industry, uh, were the ones that were hurt, and then we had the politicians of Biden leading that with the uh, stimulus. That was never; it was needed, but it was just another welfare check to keep the masses at bay. So, am I a conspiracy theorist and and? And uh, I don't read on everything that is happening. No, I think uh, we need to have leadership that is accountable. And we haven't had. There has been no accountability since the Second World War for the deficit spending and debt that has been accumulated here. I, I you know, tout everybody to go and look at the U.S. debt clock that's published as an app, usdebtclock.org, and take a look at the actual financial condition of of America versus China versus Russia. Uh, China actually is is low overhead uh, because of uh, the fact that they don't have unions. They don't have to. People don't strike there. Yeah, they're, they're, they're just working for the Politburo. Well, I don't, want, I don't want that to happen here. But if we continue to uh, ignore how we spend limited resources, including our natural resources, China will be in charge of the world. They're low overhead, high profit, and they're integrating their old concept of Chinese capitalism and the Chinese dream. They've got a Chinese dream with 20 other countries. Uh, there, there's seven uh, billion people in the continent of of asia and in Africa and uh, Russia and one point two billion are in poverty so that's the first thing that drives people towards socialism or communism is fear, poverty, and deprivation. And there's plenty of that going on in China itself, uh, India, uh, most all of the uh, that, of that continent. So what we need to do to fight that, to actually compete against that, because it's low cost, high profit margin, and ours are high cost, low... Uh, no-profit margin, will eventually lose our uh, preeminence in in currency and uh, the World Bank, the World Trade, Uh, it's shifting. Uh, You could call it the new world order of uh, Russia, China, and Iran, Uh, their influence on uh, those 7 billion people uh, whereas we're, our influence is one billion people. So we have some accountability necessary to win what's, what's becoming a trade war, but Putin is also indicating it's a, um, it's a land war. Those that own the land own uh, the earth. Because, uh, as it's always been, the landowners are the ones that are the most wealthy and they're the ones that are 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 uh, telling everyone else what to do. They are the workers. They are the human capital. Uh, the monetary capital is all on the basis of the value of property, uh, property ownership. So the first thing Marxism does is once that, property ownership to be shifted to the government. And uh, so many of the, of the tenets of Marxism have already arrived here. Uh, it's, it's generally called socialism, uh, but that is shifting the ownership and control to, um, in our case, 100 senators, 435 congressmen, nine Supreme Court justices, and a president, an oligarch that's controlled by one party. You know, so Democrats want to be that one party or the Republicans want to be that in one party. And how do they get there? They get there with the golden rule. The, those with the gold shall rule. So that's our ruling class. And... Um, At this point in time, we have the blue ruling class, whereas the red ruling class believes that in the 2022 midterms, they're going to get back in control of Congress. And they have the Supreme Court, they think. And the presidency will definitely go their way in 2024 on the basis of Biden's becoming the worst president we've ever had. So, what's the bottom line for this speech that I'm making? Is that I'm just one voice. I've written some books and I've got 60 years of experience in dealing with the government and healthcare and and had my own businesses and had my failures and had my successes. But at this point in time, I'm an author and I have just released uh, the trilogy uh three books three volumes called the american enterprise party because it's been my belief since 1991 that we needed an effective third party that would be the swing vote when we had to break ties and keep the other two parties honest so i'm not saying i i want to be president and i don't and and i'm not saying that the american enterprise party wants to be the only party or the the only one in control. I think we're way more effective if we have three parties, that then we can arrive at some uh, resolution of problems rather than just shoving them off as issues and then the ruling class decides. Because right now, we don't have a democracy. We haven't had a democracy for, for a long since the great society programs came in and the deficit spending and the entitlements and All of these things are going to save everyone uh, rather than expecting people to save themselves by their work ethics and patriotism. We put this country in the same track as Russia, as China, as Vietnam, as Venezuela, you name it. We're not teaching people how to fish. We're giving them the fish, expecting them then to do what they should do, which is provide quality work on time, um, every time. And I call that when I was con- consultant to nursing homes, turning them around, when they were despicable, they were despicable like our inner cities are now, with no hope, is that we would actually created opportunities by saying, each person here has to learn to earn, and you have to have a skill to build. That's America. That's free enterprise. If you commit yourself to that in a career and keep your family together under those principles, you will be, have happiness. You will have prosperity. You will have better health. You will have a marriage that lasts longer. You will have the things that the American dream states that we all aspire for and in many what case not getting. It's not a color, color of your skin. Uh, There are certain things that have to be corrected. But so long as we have intermarriages, eventually we'll all be the same color. So I don't know what we're bickering now about racism. We have racism and reverse racism. Well, where does it actually balance out? Well, when we're all the same color, I guess, or if an alien comes in here and and threatens us, um, we have to as 8 billion people, we come from the same place, we go to the same place. So to get there, if we wanted to have it better, not building bit back bigger government, but building back better um, habits and um, values. So what you're gonna hear now is uh, the, um, I have a, a, a way of recording my scripts by like radio type voices um, which i don't know if it's effective or not My read my listening uh, listeners are increasing but i never hear much from them but uh, my books are coming out the trilogy is coming out uh, now and it's going to be marketed through the ingram catalog which goes to um, uh, over 100,000 bookstores and uh, libraries, universities, and schools. And I think it's something that needs to be become um, somewhat of a standard because it's envisioning that the middle is the best place to uh, direct a, a country. So, until next time, thank you for listening. Bye.
2: The American Enterprise Party Trilogy, in the book's three volumes, I write about how the third party swing vote will drain the swamp and reign in Big Brother government and Big Brotherhood business, that will represent the USA patriotically and ethically in the worldwide marketplace. To do so, we must restore worker patriotism and work ethic that has been destroyed by apathy and focus on how to improve USA's human capital input, by revamping our valuing of human capital output. Then, capitalists must learn how to share the wealth with enterprising workers, not just have it taxed away to pay for welfare and entitlements. Unfortunately, we the American enterprising workers, are hampered by big government and big business, a one by a monopsony, telling us we are better off with one party running our affairs. This endangers our collective effectiveness because of a lack of competition and quality, as defined by humanism in a laissez-faire free-market democracy. The role of unions, regressive politics and radical protests threatening our corporations and institutions, with woke campaigns and riots to dissolve our history and symbols, for the new normal, must be peacefully turned back. Our inner city ghettos must be the focus of infrastructure development as opportunity zones and restoration allowing the neighborhood gangs to be involved in small business enterprise zones to reduce crime and improve relations with our police force. Humanism and peaceful coexistence must be the culture of the future. The socialists as human capital needs to work for the sake of patriotic pride and the quality of life profitably, not just for equality and equity, for the sake of money and job security. This marriage of capitalism and socialism, in an American enterprise economy, currently works together for profit, every day in American businesses, like it or not, it produces a GDP second to none in the world of Marxism and communism. This allows us to strategically take back our manufacturing and supply lines, to leave our major competitors, China and Russia in their own dust for hacking and stealing our technology, while we expose their infiltrating of our educational institutions. As an effective third party, the objective is to break ties or gridlock between the current uni-party government, due to money ticks as our politics and pulls the radical extremes towards, a middle consensus for problem solving. Then we can replace all the wokisms, dividing us, with what we all want, humanism with peaceful coexistence. Ask yourself, as a voter who would you pick, a better-red-than-dead pragmatic Republican, or a blue-blood-bleeding-heart phlegmatic Democrat, or an enterprising market-driven American enterprise party humanitarian, that wants every American citizen to be successful and healthy in pursuing the American utopian dream with humanism. So, exercise your right to support a swing vote, to capture a few seats in the Senate and House that will divide and conquer a gridlocked Congress that's leading us into inflation, then deflation and stagnation chasing progressive mandates of behavior. Such as masking and vaccines for a pandemic, climate change with a Green New Deal, a transformation of our American dream into an exploding $600 trillion derivative bubble where debt and deficits are beyond belief leaving America's financial and fiscal affairs imploding into bankruptcy. $1,000 billion here and $1,000 billion there eventually that's a lot of trillion dollar deficits and debt, Senator Dixon updated to 2021. Then Congress has the audacity to ask the voters afterwards who we want, red or blue blood says our leadership. That's transparency at Big Brother Biden's worst impression of The Wizard of Oz hiding from the voters behind a speechwriter.
0: Is America a uniparty political system? My opinion is we have one-party government due to gridlock and partisan politics. My goal is to solicit support for a third party to break the gridlock of a one-party pseudo-democracy that we now have. What do you mean one party when we have two? In reality if we had three effective parties the following would not be the symptoms and results of a uniparty system. 1. Lousy leadership. During the first pandemic since 1918 we have been led by fear-mongers, so-called scientists and bureaucrats. 2. Fear is the leadership tactic for dumping a president and inserting a bureaucrat to manage a pandemic he more than likely initiated. 3. No productive debate. Everything is an issue over what to do and who should lead. Therefore, there is no problem resolution plan or commitment. 4. No bipartisan plan of action for fighting the virus or the impact of shutting down our lifeblood economy. 5. A Biden election won on the basis of saving everyone not killing the enemy, the virus. President Trump, who was trying to lead, acquiesced to fearmongers. Without strong leadership, this led to extremism taking over the fight. So, it became Fauci science when VP Pence chose the task force, not medical experts on prevention and or treatment of a disease. Then a quack scientific strategy took over. The president was discarded when he stated the cure was worse than the illness and a bureaucratic task force stepped in, with the manic Governor Cuomo of New York as chief spokesperson. While V.P. Pence put a bureaucrat in as leader. Enters Dr. Anthony Fauci as the expert on immune systems and coronaviruses, to be chief of scare tactics, like bending the undefined, unanalyzed virus curve, social distancing, masks and lockdown. Instead, the logical approach would be a qualified leadership of society, analyzing those who are the most vulnerable, triaged and target them first, for treatment by physicians. Second, those who are symptomatic or have underlying personal health conditions for treatment by medical professionals to avoid hospitalizations. In triage, hospitalization would be the last alternative, not nursing homes, not ER, not scientists, speculating on strategy, not politicians using scare tactics to destroy debate for an effective action plan for managing the war against fear, using fear itself. Worse yet a new president, dark horse Joseph Robin Hood Biden, wins a landslide election despite his not being his party's choice, but was the choice of Bernie Sanders, Stacey Abrahams and the squad working the mail-in ballots and neighborhood ballot boxes. Now we have a so-called leader teaming up with the so-called scientist to run our $100 trillion derivative bubble enterprise and claim credit for a vaccine that discarded President Trump who made it happen. Then the Sanders-Biden manifesto reverses Trump's successful policies, without regard for the consequences that only a new administration can cause. Using fear plans instead of leadership plans. If this is true, how do we solve the problem of gridlock and poor leadership? The solution is to protect Americans' freedoms built on free market enterprise values and principles of humanism. Currently, the enemy is, a uni-party. So, enterprising Americans must be represented politically to nullify money ticks that blinds our liberties. We need leaders not money feeders, who call every problem an issue and every solution a new law. Now we are being led down the dystopian path predicted by George Orwell's 1984 that was played out by Stalin, Mao Zedong, Xi Jinping, Kim Jong-un, Castro, Maduro and other Marxists. Are we next? Yes, as big media, big box business, bigger governmental essential workers backing the progressive campaign to transform America and to build back bigger government. These well-paid workers, destroy risk-taking Americans who would have won the war on the pandemic by supporting therapeutics as a vaccine was created in warp speed by Trump leadership. How can this happen in a two-party system? Where in the hell were the Republicans when they could have or should have supported Trump's fight for re-election? Instead, Vice President Pence set Trump up with the selection of a bureaucratic task force to use fear tactics that would shut down the economy during the COVID-19 China virus crisis. Ironically, we are becoming more like China than China being like America. Since the end of World War II our leadership has focused on the greater good, not the rights of individuals for the pursuit of opportunities and happiness using personal initiative. While the great society programs were supposed to protect our personal freedoms, and they don't. Obviously, to fix the uni-party system we need an effective third party, based on marrying monetary capital with human capital for the good of enterprising workers in America the bountiful.